Hello friends, thank you for checking out the very, very first episode recorded and released of For the Love of Sports. Today we have the incredible Jack Settlement on to talk about his content creation career. Um, nice little alliteration there for you. But he, Jack, has an incredible Snapchat following. Um, he started his Snapchat account a very long time ago. And in the last 365 days, just for a little update, then when the episode was recorded, he had over 500 million views to his Snapchat account. That is half a billion, which is incredible. So Jack has a pretty cool following. Um, I know he he has a very high number of unique followers as well, which is great. I am one of them, and I hope you will be one of them as well. Uh, we talk about Jack's life in sports. Um, it's a very interesting career, how he got into it. He currently has a podcast. He has a lot of other things going on for him. Aside from that, he works at Whistle Sports, where he's content strategy and talent. We get into all of that. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Well, today we have Jack Settleman, uh, currently of Snack, Snapback Sports and of Whistle Sports, going to hang out with me in a little bit and uh, talk about why we both hate the Eagles so much. So, Jack, really <laughs> appreciate you coming on today, man. Thank you for having me. No, brother. Pleasure's all mine. So, I do have to ask, I was listening to a couple of your podcasts in, um, in the lead up to this, and why do you hate the Eagles so much? I'm just curious. Uh, so my co-host of the podcast and my longtime best friend, as I always say in the intro, is a diehard Eagles fan. I went to summer camp in right outside of Philadelphia. So, I mean, Eagles fans are just delusional. They mm. are obsessed with their teams. They just push everything on you. So I grew up loving the Ravens and hating the Eagles. That's just what's love it. Into it. I'm, I'm all for it, man. I grew up uh, loving the Giants and hating the uh, Eagles. So it's been a, it's been a pretty kind of shitty, honestly, last few years, but whatever. Uh, congratulations to you though. <laughs> Ravens finally coming back. That's pretty great, man. Good for you. Thank you. I'm going home this weekend for the game against the Titans. I'm excited. I, um, you know, I mean, all my snap, it's kind of become my whole content of mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson. I, in the first preseason game, and the irony is I wasn't the biggest believer in him. Yeah. I thought he could be good. He would be super fun. He was way more fun than Flacco. But I started calling him the baby goat, which led to me making shirts out of it, merchandise, leader of the baby goat fan club. It's just spiraled out of control. And obviously, uh, I couldn't have picked a better player. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's been, I mean, electric isn't even the best word you can use this year. I, I just remember, um, not to go down too, too far down this rabbit hole, but I think uh, my bo one buddy's a Rams fan and I was over at his house watching that game. And I just remember sitting there and it's like, it's, I was like, all right, I'll leave at halftime. Like whatever, it's primetime game. So I want to go home. And their two minute offense was like seven runs and a touchdown. And I was like, that's not right. how football is supposed to work. Like you don't start at the 15 run the ball seven times and score a touchdown when you're trying to run your two-minute offense. And it's just, right. dude, the guy's incredible. But it's so much fun. And, hey, man, I'm rooting for you. Awesome. I'm just so happy the Patriots, the Eagles are out. I mean, this is probably going to be the three yeah, it's, best it's weeks. teams that people want to root for. And, listen, I, I want Lamar, but Lamar Mahomes in the AFC Championship is just going to be fun within itself. So. It's going to be insane, man. So good stuff. But, anyway, so we have Jack on today. Jack, um, as I said already, Snapback Sports has a couple different podcasts, has a Snapchat channel, which I think I wrote down here 480 million views. Is that correct? I did uh, 480 million views in 2019. In 2019. So that was one calendar year. Um, so some people are yeah. paying attention to you, man. So um, yeah, I just wanted to have you on, ask you some questions, hear about your story in sports, how you got here. First thing, we already talked about how much we hate the Eagles. So I'm really happy about that. We connect. Honestly, if we <laughs> ended it here, I'd consider this a success, but I'm sure there's some more stuff we could chat about. Um, I guess like, where did your, where did your love of sports come from? And, and you know, where, where has this drive come from to help you kind of create this entire career and entity and, and business of yourself totally i would say it's ingrained in my 
family. So my family business is beer distribution. So my parents or my mom and my grandfather, we sell beer, Miller Lite, Coors Light, Sam Adams to different accounts in Baltimore. Our biggest account being the Baltimore Ravens and the Baltimore Orioles. So business does well when those teams do well. Uh My mom becomes a diehard fan and she's the craziest fan out of all of us. And my grandfather was that way. So it's really just been ingrained in us since day one. My grandfather used to watch, I mean, women's lacrosse on ESPN two at three in the morning. Like he, he was just a sports nut. Was he, Um, was he gambling on those games? Was he gambling on (laughs) those games? He, he was a big, uh, casino guy not sports okay. better though okay because that's um, usually that's usually a sign if you're right. watching women's lacrosse now, at three o'clock in the- yeah nowadays if you see the college kid up at 3 a.m that's that's a telltale and i'm not saying i'm sure your grandfather is um, a wonderful man so that that is what it is i apologize keep going though <laughs> no um so but there i think there's a difference between the diehard sports fans tons of them and my interest was in the business side of it I knew I wanted to actually work in sports I think a lot of people they want to consume sports on the weekends at nights but go do a different job because I mean the sports industry is very tough it doesn't pay the greatest when you're just getting started so um, I always wanted to be in the business in sports I started uh, I mean I would string lacrosse sticks I was from Maryland so lacrosse was big I would string mini sticks and sell them you know to classmates stuff like that so I just always knew I wanted to be on the business side of sports. That's really interesting. So one thing I've always noticed, uh, just like you said, like everybody wants to work in sports. You know, I grew up, I mean, when I was, I don't know, like 12 years old, like my dream job was to work at ESPN. Um, It's not quite my dream job anymore, but at the same time, it's always something where I always wanted to work in sports, but that didn't, I mean, you sports is just an industry, right? Like you can work in beer, (laughs) like, you know, you could do, you could do the distribution, the marketing of it, the selling of it. There's so many different things. So I guess, you know, you say the business side, but like specifically, and I think I know the answer, but I want to ask you like specifically, what was it just anything will go or was there somewhere like siloed that you really wanted to try and focus your energy? So I had no clue. And I really didn't have a clue. Even in my senior year, I was like, I don't even know what marketing and sports really means. Like Mm -hmm. I I get the idea of it, but then like a KPI, like what's a KPI? They don't teach you all that in school. They teach you, you know, random stuff. I did do sports management at the university of Texas, but um, wait, Jack is Texas back. (laughs) We're always back. Okay, cool. Another big bull win. Hey man, I'll take Uh, it. I'll take it. (laughs) We got the quarterback. We did play LSU closest out of pretty much every. That game. was one of my favorite games all year. But that I'm was- sorry. I, anytime I hear someone is from uh, UT Austin, I just have to ask them. First, we hook them. To. Second, are they back? And clearly, everybody tells me they're back. So also, <laughs> I'll go with it. Um, but so my sophomore year of college with my roommate, we had some time. We were living in the fraternity house. And I was like, let's sell phone cases. Like, we'll get designs. We'll kind of use players. You know, we, we did that gray line of likeness and stuff like that. Um, so we ordered those. Then we went to print on demand. But we did really fun stuff. And that was at A-list cases. We worked with John Wall, Mohamed Sanu, some fun guys. But we were marketing all through social media. So everything was Twitter, Instagram, I'm buying ads, which led me to one, just fall in love with social media and be like, all right, this is an awesome platform. Two, like, okay, I'm tired of paying these accounts, big money. I just want to have my own here. Uh, Actually, the first game I ever shot content for was Texas versus Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield. We lost that game, but it was a fun game. Uh, um, so that's kind of where it started over two years ago, how I got into snap Instagram. There's so like so many people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Twitter was pretty much dying in the sense of being able to build Uh snap was just so young. So I kind of attacked there and, and that's how I started snap back and then just fell into the wormhole that is social. Hell yeah, man. I mean, there's so much stuff you can do. Um, you know, as you said, with Instagram, there's so many people on it. Um, with Twitter, uh, I think Twitter is probably the worst place on planet Earth. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anything good <laughs> happens on Twitter. I think it's all just a lot of negativity. Um, I go on a couple times a year, uh, playoffs for any sport, really, and yeah. the NFL draft. Those are really the only times I ever actually want to see what people are saying. Other than that, it's usually just 
deep, dark, and depressing, and I'm not really into that anymore. Uh, so I deleted that app, app, app off my phone very quickly. I remember, um, so you and I actually connected, I think, a couple years ago um, at Bacon Sports for a minute, uh, which was kind of cool. We had, yeah. that, we had that little time together. Um, you know, shout out, Rob. He'll be on here pretty soon. But uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I remember you telling me you, were, you did something with um, – Oh, shoot. Mitchell uh, off the jazz, right? Donovan Mitchell, did you do something with him with A-list? Um, uh, I feel like with oh, that, that oh. sweatshirt, right? Didn't you do yeah, some, have so, something to do with sweatshirt? So once we went to print on demand, we were just trying different things. You know, he had the rookie sweatshirt with his little feud with mm-hmm. uh, Ben Simmons. So Another we tried hated Philadelphia kind of, star, by the yeah. way. Yeah. We tried just kind of copying that. We just we just would do what's hot. Our biggest success, our most successful product ever was a tweet. It's a picture of LeBron James holding a Kevin Durant tweet. And in like 2009, when LeBron goes to Miami, uh, Kevin Durant tweets like, oh, you're just going to team up and whatever. And then obviously Durant goes and does that in Golden State. So it's LeBron holding that tweet. Nick Wright Ward on Fox Sports, like it, it really went hyper hyper viral, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that was that, that was that's pretty funny. Memories. So so through social media, I mean, so real underscore sports is your Snapchat, correct? That's the username. Okay. Uh, recently changed the name to Snapback Sports because. Okay. Real Sports, if you haven't heard, has a little uh, standing place on HBO. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, (laughs) Gumble to Gumble, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I think that one could get kind of in the way. And I guess if you're starting to get famous, uh, cease and desist letters mean you're doing something right, man. So, hell, keep doing what you're doing, I guess. Um, So, Snapback Sports at real underscore sports on Snapchat. Make sure everyone go follow that if you could. Um, With that, I mean, I guess, you know, how you said you kind of fell into that wormhole where like what how did it start like how does something like that just a simple snapchat page like because everyone start got one right yeah but you clearly did something a little different with yours so there is the world of social media which is you know these incredible marketers content ideas like unbelievable people doing very little with resources at bleacher at you know teams and leagues all that stuff And then there's a side of the internet and social media that even those people aren't aware of. And that are these 14 to 19 year old kids running the world uh, through kick messenger through WhatsApp. And they are trading shout outs. They're doing paid shout outs. They're driving app installs, downloads, et cetera. So what I was doing, I was, you know, we were selling a John wall phone case. So I would go DM the three biggest pages on Instagram, basketball, vines, dunk, uh, hoops nation and say okay how much to get posted they would say 250 bucks i post we make 100 bucks but i had to pay 250 plus we had to pay for the cases we profited but it was very small mm-hmm. um so i was like all right how do i just start to build this and what you do is you go find these kids who are, have they have billions of views billions of followers they have, have these mass networks so you know, you know i pay Pay a thousand bucks and they shout me out and I'm posting good content. I post every day while I'm awake, 30, every 30 minutes. So, I mean, you can imagine thousands of pieces of content a day and uh, they, it just kind of builds and then people, it snowballs into, okay, now you have a big enough base to where people are going to share with their friends and you kind of grow. And then I reinvest. I make money from brands. I just do that again. I haven't done that in a while because like I said, the growth, you know, it stops on every platform at some mm-hmm. point where you just can't really uh, reach that. But that was kind of how it got started. Um, Snap is, you know, my favorite and most hated platform because they just don't, they don't want actually influencers to be on uh, kind of the, the mm-hmm. platform, which is interesting. Like Instagram fully embraces it. It's a, it's a massive part of it. Um, they want it to really be about friends or their content, which makes sense. That's how they make their money. Um, they change the algorithm all the time. Evan Spiegel one day, I think he like flew home from London and changed the entire app's layout and it cut my followers in half in one day. So, well, um, it's been a wild ride, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's really, truly brought me great things. Mm-hmm. And I see you still post on it. Um, I mean, I was just looking at it today again. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know you're still on there and everything, but yeah. with, with that in mind, I mean, did you then take the, 
take that, take your, your content and everything that you have and you do to Instagram where there is something that you can kind of take more advantage of the, the mass volume of, uh, of, I mean, again, 480 million is a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know if anyone told you, I mean, I guess we're <laughs> shooting for a billion next year, but, yeah. um, I mean, so like, what did you, did you kind of take all that information and content and kind of place it onto the Instagram platform? So everyone kept telling me, go to Instagram, go to Instagram, you know, move over your followers in some form or fashion. But the whole reason I went to Snap was because I didn't want to just be an Instagram page. I think you can do very different things on Snap. Obviously, when they added IG stories, it kind of duplicated mm-hmm. that a little. Um, but the only thing I do on Instagram is I build my personal brand. So I have like 34,000 followers on my personal Instagram. And then the Instagram for the podcast has about 12,000. So that was an example of, all right, I have this mass following here. How else can I create content off platform? So we started the podcast during the NBA finals um, and then build an Instagram page for it just to have kind of a holding spot. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to a couple of the podcast episodes, you and your, uh, your friend, Abe, uh, you guys got some great chemistry, which is awesome. Um, and I think it's, it's great that you kind of have the foresight to see as you've already told me in multiple ways, platform growth is going to stop at some point, like it has mm-hmm. to plateau. Right. And especially if they keep changing these algorithms on you and keep changing all this shit, um, it's going to make it very difficult for you to just kind of that trajectory is going to slow down. Um, so I think it's great that you started the podcast and I guess like what, what is your favorite part about, and I think the term's kind of stupid, but podcasting, I mean, it's talking into a microphone. It's a, an on-demand radio show, right? It's yeah. my actual favorite thing in the world, as I've already told you. So, I mean, what, what do you like about so much of it? I mean, to the point where now you got two. Yeah. Um, my favorite part has been, well, obviously just sitting down and just talking shit to Abe and having people listen like was crazy because mm-hmm. yeah, when we do it and it's my friends and my family and they're like, okay, guys, shut up. Like, let's go eat or something. Uh, but now, you know, thousands of people are tuning in twice a week, which is um, pretty nuts. And then we got to interview, I mean, Nate Burleson came on the podcast uh, through Whistle. I did, you know, Spice Adams, Famous Los, Max is Nice. So like some pretty big names, some pretty cool people to talk to, which was really cool to see them open up. Um, but I just think like the moment was when we hit number one on the charts because it was like we're the whole concept behind the podcast is like everyone talks sports and everyone on TV are talking heads who kind of just now it's like a battle of hot takes, right? Mm-hmm. Like because yep. Skip Bayless and Shannon are have to go completely ridiculous just so then Stephen A can say something ridiculous so that they can get eyeballs and viewers. Um, and now it's the point where there's so many good outlets, um, podcasting, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, that you don't just have to listen to someone because they wear a suit and they work for ESPN. Um, so we just want to be two regular guys who are just having our opinions and we'll have hot takes. We genuinely believe them, but we're not competing. Like we're not going to draw viewers away from, from that. So when we were, when we first started the podcast, like two months in was when we started climbing the charts um, and I did a little giveaway. That's, that's always been the biggest part of the snap is like giving back to the followers because once again, I'm just a guy who likes sports. I'm not doing anything super special here. Uh, I'm just providing them good content. Um, so we incentivize them to kind of push us up the charts. We were moving up and then we were passing and it was, it was like one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night when we passed them and I FaceTime Abe and I was like, this is pretty crazy <laughs> because I just wouldn't imagine we would ever reach number one on, on the chart. So that was the most fun moment week in and week out though. It's, it's just hanging out, talking, mm-hmm. uh, opens up opportunities. Exactly, man. I think that's awesome. Um, and yeah, as the one you have with your, your, partner abe um you guys have that show together um and then you have another one right where you just speak with influencers is that one through that one's through your current full-time position at whistle correct that's correct very cool so tell me like i know um so again you and i connected when you're at when we were at bacon sports um for a minute you then went to action network and i have to ask this question and i'm sure i'm not the first person i'm never going to be the last how cool is darren Ravel? i got asked this by my coworker three hours and 42 minutes ago look at that look, uh, we look how unique i am darren we we're just we we're just talking about darren he is 
first of all, as a person, he's like just the nicest person I've ever met. It's crazy. He will go to lengths for you. If, you, if he's your guy, he will go to any lengths for you. When I left action, he did say, I hate you and I will never help you in your career. I don't know if he meant that or not. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like, he is just who he is. He's the most genuine, authentic person I've ever met. What he says online is just like, who he is. He's not trying to get views, engagement, all of that. He knows what works. He's a genius. People don't appreciate that. Um, there was the March Madness, during March Madness, during the championship game, it was at 9.30 at night. And there were like four hours before the game and no, nothing was happening. No basketball. No one's watching pregame for four hours. He's like, let me just sing one shining moment. So I'm there filming him. 3.3 million views on Twitter, JJ Watt quote tweet, Tom Brady quote tweet. Like who would have thought everyone's waiting for the game to talk about it on Twitter for their engagement on Instagram to post highlights. And he's like, what do you mean? There's this white space. Let's do something crazy. And then obviously he doesn't, he probably won't say he embarrassed himself. I would say, you know, he tried to make a whole spectacle. Uh -huh. It was something. Um, but he just really is a very smart guy. And, uh, yeah, I had a fun time working with him. I don't understand why people hate the guy so much. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could kind of be a little nerdy, I guess. But, I mean, he always comes off as a nice guy, genuine, authentic, as you said. So it, it always surprises me when people, you know, just when I'm talking with my friends, they just talk about how much they hate him. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of like when if he you posts, don't know him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't know him. But I, I really no, no, just. but people who hate oh, him. Oh, yeah. It, it's like you don't know him. If you saw him, you would actually, you know, want to talk to him. You would want to mess with him like it should be an if you dislike you shouldn't genuinely dislike him if you dislike him it's in like a fun joking way which he plays into um <laughs> he's a clown he hey man it works he's i mean who doesn't know who darren Ravel is right and my, my favorite oh, yeah. part is uh i don't know if he, i haven't really seen it too much anymore but he used to uh just post the craziest food pictures every saturday for college football and yeah. I would love it, and I would elevate, yeah. and then I'd go watch the game. So that was yeah. That, that I, was kind of like he took me to City Field for opening day for the Mets. They gave us a whole spread of food. I you know I filmed him taste testing through the whole stadium. Um, but you mentioned it earlier about how Twitter can you know be a negative place. I think that's the hate portion. Mm -hmm. If you then go and actually look on his Instagram, where he has way less followers. His Instagram story, he'll post, you know, the one in a hundred hate posts, but people love him on Instagram. They go for advice, they go for help. So I think it is part of the platform that's just filled with negativity. Yeah, I don't understand. You don't find as much negativity anywhere, but yeah. Twitter, dude. And it's just, it's terrible. Um, I've muted so many words and so many accounts that like nothing really happens anymore. So yeah, as I said, I don't really <laughs> go on there anymore. Um, so yeah, happy to hear that. Happy to hear he's a cool guy. Um, so that was your, you, you spent some time at Action Network. You're now at Whistle, um, Whistle Sports, content strategy and talent, talent part being you get in front of the microphone and you get to talk to some cool people and, and have some great conversations. Um, what exactly does content strategy mean? Like how, how, like are you, you run that whole, whole uh, whole division whole department over there no i i wish no. one day, one day. yeah one day yeah. man um content strategy is just you know i've been in social media for six seven years actually working in it a lot of people can't really say that you know i'm only my second year out of college and i think just coming in strategy doesn't mean i'm not doing the work i'm still sourcing clips finding clips creating content um but coming in with a new strategy. So when I got there, we were at 70,000 on TikTok, which is a brand new platform. And we wanted to be on TikTok. So we're now at a million, um, which is really awesome. I can't take all the credit. A lot of credit goes to my coworker, Emily. But that's an example of coming in and being like, all right, this is what we got to do. This is what people are looking for. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, we're growing on Instagram, Twitter, changing the voice. Uh, and then also I've started to help build businesses within Whistle. So we started podcasting. So they brought me in to kind of help that. Uh, I had worked in merchandise with A-list, print on demand, design, sports, et cetera. Um, so I came in to kind of support that uh, as well as launch my own store through them. And that's where the baby goat merch can be found. Um, well, what's the URL? You have to give me the URL so yeah. I can send people there so they can buy this <laughs> stuff, man. Snapbacksports.store there we go. Um, so like it's, it's a lot of different things. It's just, I, they said you can pick your title. And I was like, I, I have no clue. Like what, you know, titles are 
Titles are literally titles. It's just ego, man. Yeah, I've been asked to pick my own title before. I was just like, how's this sound? They're like, okay, is that what you want? I was like, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It does not mean anything at work, but to people outside of it, it does. So it can be interesting to see like how people, you know, kind of perceive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, manager of brand partnerships is one of my titles and... I think that's cool. I, that's kind of yeah. what I do. So I don't really give a shit if people are like, oh, you're the, that's you. It's like, yeah, that's me, I guess. Like, whatever. Yeah. Do you want me to be the senior executive director of brand partnerships? Right. Like, nothing matters. But it's always pretty interesting. So, I mean, congratulations on that, man. Um, you know, obviously, everything you're doing, I think, is super cool. And that's why I wanted to have you on here, have a quick conversation, see what you're up to. Um, just like a couple more things. I mean, one thing I've found, especially with uh, – talent let's call it you know the people yourself you know the people on air um i don't know like one thing that i've noticed is as you said like a lot of people want to work in sports but really they just want to consume it on the weekend really i just want to sit down on my couch and watch football from 12 to one o'clock in the morning on saturday and one o'clock to 11 o'clock on sunday um how do you kind of for lack of a better term stay on because that's one thing especially with talent that you have to always be on. You know, I'm big bar, not even a big Barcelona guy. I just love part of my take. Yeah. But they're always on, and they always have to be on. And you can kind of tell sometimes when it's like, dude, I want to like walk away for three days and like just yeah. hang out with family. So, how do you kind of make sure that you're always on and always have that energy, have that excitement, especially at you know nine o'clock on a Monday night, right after we just got back from the holiday break? Ah, uh, it is. It's not really a choice. It's just you know you have to do it. Um, but you get to do it. Yes. You get to do you, it. You get, well, that's the thing. Yeah. You have to do it. So yeah. you get to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm the only one who posts on the snap. So every single post is, is from me. So I don't have a choice. If I don't post, nothing goes up. Um, so when I went to Italy this summer, you know, I said to myself and my family and my girlfriend, I was like, all right, I'm not going to post for a few days. Six hours later, I was like, what if the what if the page falls apart so i'm back posting and i'm you know free agency was while i was there we recorded a podcast 6 a.m i had to wake up um but on the flip side i watch football from 12 to 1 a.m so do a lot of people who aren't working so Mm -hmm. when i'm working they're also not doing anything technically productive so it just depends how you kind of spin it um and then like with phones it makes it a lot easier it's not like i have to sit at my desk till 1am so I can be wherever I can kind of be out but it is a lot like there you know every Sunday night and Wednesday night it's a requirement for Abe and I to record a podcast whether we're on vacation whether you know we have stuff that comes up which means okay I only have five other nights to do things uh like come talk with you so thanks buddy (laughs) it is uh but I enjoy it I like being on it's just it it's what I want to do so. Exactly. I mean, like literally, literally, can you think of a cooler thing than, I mean, obviously there's, there's directions you're going, but like yeah. being able to sit down, talk about sports with your friends, enjoy yourself, consume, but also, yeah. uh, you know, post and, and engage with other people about sports. I mean, it, in my opinion, it does not get any cooler than that. Does it get any more enjoyable? The only time where I'm like, oh, I wish I could put my phone down is at games um but i know it's my job so yeah. like a few like my friends if they go to a game they'll probably post an instagram story maybe a snapchat story uh two or three times a few times but like when i'm at a game i kind of have to be you know recording every mm-hmm. time it seems in the red zone um and like i think forward i'm hoping the ravens make the super bowl so when i'm there um you know i wish i could enjoy the moment but you know i'll kind of have to be working but is that the worst thing in the world that I have to be recording the Super Bowl from the stands? Absolutely freaking not. I so. think if you put it like that, yeah, I think most people would agree. That it's a pretty yeah. cool job to have. Yeah, so I understand that. And then people always ask me, like, you know, I've had a solid amount of success at this point. I'm only 23. What's next? Um, you know, do you want to become director or manager? Yeah, right. executive director. Title? Yeah. Do you want to move? And I'm like, well, let's see. I now, you know, I'm going to go to the Ravens game on Sun or on Saturday and then potentially fly down to New Orleans for the national championship. Do I want to make more money so that in 20 years, maybe I could then go see a national championship? Like, I'm just, you know, I get to do what I would want to do if I had the money. So 
but someone else is paying for it currently? Uh, depends. Sometimes okay. they'll come out of my pocket. Okay. The, the thing I like to do is partner with brands. So like my favorite, my favorite brand right now is TickPick, which is like StubHub without fees. Um, so like I'm, you know, I'll work with them and try and figure out something. Uh, it normally comes with a giveaway though. So like if I'm going to the game, maybe not for the national championship, but for a different game, if I'm going, then hopefully someone who follows me can go too. We gave away like courtside Hawks tickets. I've never sat courtside. Like tick pick, like my, my boy Kyle texted me. He was like, yo, do you want to give away Hawks tickets courtside against the Warriors? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I do. Um, I wish I could make it down to Atlanta. So I, I also wish that game was last year, but it's right, still cool. Right. I'd still true. go courtside. I still says court guys. <laughs> um, so I was like, yo, DM me like a cool story. So a kid, uh, or a, I would say a 24 year old DMs me is like, Hey, my brother has, um, autism and it's his, it was his birthday last week. I would love to like go to the game. And I was like, here you go. He drove two hours to the game to take his little brother. They sat courtside and I'm like, that's awesome. Like that's, a, that's a great way to use the platform I have. It's not to, you know, gamble away all my money. It's not to just go enjoy it for myself. So that's where it, it becomes fun for me. That is awesome, man. And congratulations. That is a pretty cool story. And I mean, that that's one thing about sports. Uh, again, why I love it so much is the emotion mm-hmm. um, on both sides. As you and I just hate the Eagles, there's yeah. there's nothing more than gets me angry than that. I, I promise you, like, <laughs> nothing more in the world gets me angrier. Um, but then on the flip side, there's there's nothing like that can bring people together like sports, which I think is incredible and what you've been able to do in building your platform and being able to give to others through that platform. I mean, that's only, um, I mean, what else could you really ask for, right? Yeah. Like you make exactly. a couple bucks, you go to all these incredible games. Yeah. Or no, you have to have your phone recording in the red zone when your team is potentially right. going to go to the AFC Championship. <laughs> right, right. Anything with that? No, I mean, but it's still like, that is just so cool and being able to help others um, through it. I just think, man, that is, that is fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate I haven't quite hit the jackpot yet, but man, you're well on your way. So yeah. love to follow the story. Um, so on, on that note, um, you said working with brands and I always think that's really interesting, actually. So I work with a lot of athletes. I work with some properties. We work with some brands um, for the sponsorship and partnership opportunities for the athletes, for the properties. And it is so much fun. And I thoroughly enjoy it. The creativity that you get to do as, as you can see on the, on the, on the opposing end. Um, how how did you start a lot of these relationships um because i know one thing now is you know how many followers do you have how many views do you get what are your engagements those three things check off a lot of brands will just say okay cool let's work but how like in the beginning has it differed from now working with them especially with making sure that you know morals missions values all those things align because you don't want to just work with a random brand that it turns out there's just a bunch of scumbags anyway so how do you kind of vet those and how do you really work through those processes to make sure that everybody's coming out with a win in that situation it hasn't differed one bit since the start. And that's the craziest part of Snapchat. As big as my pages become, over a million followers, um, I don't like the, you just don't find accounts on Snap. You don't cut brands, don't come to Snap. They're on Instagram. They see you have a million followers on Instagram. Oh my God, I would love to work with you. I would want to do this. You're verified, all that stuff. So from day one, it's been my personal Instagram DM. Uh, and this is when I had, I don't know, 800 followers. I would DM brands. I would cold email. Um, I would DM the CEOs, the VPs, LinkedIn, whatever it was. Um, and just be like, hey, I have this hyper-engaged audience. Um, do you want to, you know, would you want to try working out? And it's like, okay, give me 50 bucks. I'll make a post about your app. They get hundreds of downloads. So then I'm like, all right, maybe I need to rethink, you know, <laughs> like maybe my pricing here. Um, every partner I've worked with, I genuinely can say they wish they could come back. The issue is like, at some point you tap out because the yeah. difference between my page and any other page is I'm always, all my deals are conversion based. Like I've, I've never taken an advertising deal where it's like, okay, Gatorade wants to send me to a game. And as long as there's Gatorade branding, they don't care. This is like app downloads, deposits on fantasy apps. Like this is conversion stuff that like no one really does. Um, which I think at some point, if the economy doesn't falter, but you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're in a happy money yeah. spending. Everybody's got money right now. Yep. 
everyone has money. If people don't have money, they're going to start spending on people who convert. And that's kind of always been my thing, which is why I always give back, you know, giveaways constantly, Christmas giveaways, um, all that type of stuff. So when I have an ask, which is the asks are always like this weekend, I spot our, I worked with flash plays, which is a prediction app. So like Eagles versus uh, Seahawks, you know, is Miles Sanders going to have over 18 yards in the first quarter? You click yes or no. If you get it right, you move on. It's free to enter and the winner got a thousand bucks. So like all I'm asking them is to download a free app and play a, a game where they can win money. So it does make it easier on me, but I converted. Um, so I think conversions has always been like my thing, which is a good thing to have because I yeah. know down the line, you know, advertising will kind of shore up. Um, but yeah, it's always been just cold emailing still to this day. That's incredible, man. I mean, keep, yeah. keep pushing, keep doing it. It's clearly working. Um, yeah. you know, if you're, you're still doing your thing, you're getting app downloads. I mean, people are, cause as you said, with, especially with the landscape now, people have money, so they're okay spending it. Um, yeah. and obviously brand awareness is half the battle. Uh, if you don't know someone exists, how can you buy their product? But at the same time, yeah. same token, you make a good point pretty soon when that budget starts to shrink and they can see, okay, this isn't as converting as much. Let's put more money into the guy that converts. You're sitting in a pretty good spot, Jack. You're sitting in a pretty exactly. good spot, man. So keep doing <laughs> what you're doing. I love it, dude. Don't um, get me wrong, though. Like, I I think, like, the best deal in the world is the one, you know, the company with $100 million marketing budget who says, okay, you have a lot of followers here. Just make this post, and we'll pay you out the wazoo. I mean, I would love those deals. It's just hey. no one has the respect for Snap that they have for other platforms right now. Even one even with showing them, I mean, I saw the screenshot that you have on LinkedIn um, and in the SportsBiz uh, uh, Slack group. Shout out, shout out Nick Hayden for his help there. Um, w- like even when you show them, hey, like this is this is legitimate. Like this is screenshot. This is what I have. This is what you can get. Brands still aren't as interested, even though again, four hundred eighty million is an insane it's, it's insane number probably yeah it's probably a little bit on me you know i haven't shot for the stars i haven't gone to a gatorade and said hey you know this is what we should do i'm just starting to do that um you know i'm trying to work with the xfl i think that would be really cool there that would be cool league. um so i'm trying to kind of increase that and that was a big part of why i moved to whistle our sales team is spectacular talks to big brands like that all the time under armor etc um, but there still is that education process of like, oh, you have this guy on Snapchat. Oh, okay. Well, Snap's cool, but um, you know, what else do you have? So it, it's early, even though we're over two years in, but it, it's early. It's, it's getting late early, Jack. It's getting late early. Um, <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. And so I guess like where, how, where do you find your influence? Like being an influencer in every sense of the word, like where do you get your influence from to then help others influence? Um, well, I hate the word influence. Me too. I freaking hate that word so much. It's, it's it's like the title thing that we were talking about. I refused. I literally refused to call myself an influencer for two years. And then in the past few months, now I do it because that's what brands want. They Mm -hmm. want influencers. If I just say, Oh, I have a page. They're like, okay, everyone has a page. Um, but in terms of your question, maybe like elaborate on, you know, I guess what you're asking. Where do you, where do you find your inspiration? Like where, like how you find all this content and then you go and find these brands, but Mm -hmm. how do you believe in them? How do you like them? How do you know them? How do you want to work with them? Why do you want to work with, you know, specifically the brands that you work with? Uh, I want to work with them. I mean, I've only ever worked with sports companies, makes sports brands. So fantasy apps, uh, sleeper app, which is an unbelievable app. Uh, for fantasy football, they're going to be the number one fantasy player. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I helped them gain a ton of users last year or not this season, but the year before. And then I came back to them and they were like, Hey, we want to work with you. We kind of are working on something big. And it was a draft with Juju Smith-Schuster was playing a league with Ninja and with like the number one fantasy football podcast. And I was like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But their whole thing really matched my brand, which was fun fantasy football. And they're like a people's first. So their whole Twitter uh, account, which keeps growing, is like, hey, do you guys like this light or dark mode? Hey, what should we do about this? And it's a full feedback loop with their users, which is awesome. ESPN is never going to oh, do that. Oh, no. Bleachers God, no. Never gonna do that. 
Um, so finding brands like that, finding, you know, the CEOs who are really interested in building something, but just sports in a fun way. That's pretty much mm-hmm. the, the, the company I like to work for. And how can you kind of get back to the people who are following me? And that's kind of been the theme this whole time that we've been talking for however long, a little over half hours. Yeah. You love to give back. You love sports. You love to have a good time. I mean, yeah. again, like if those yeah, are the I three, feel like that's what sports are about. Exactly, man. Like what, what else is more enjoyable than, I mean, legitimately sitting down. I mean, this especially, and you know, this is evergreen content, but just because this past weekend, wildcard weekend was absolutely insane. Multiple yeah. overtime games, the Eagles and the Patriots losing the other two games. I mean, I could not be happier. And I, I am not a Bills fan, and I was jumping up and down during that game, just shouting for them to win because Josh mm-hmm. Allen is so tall and he is his arm is so big. I just want him to win, <laughs> and it's just one of those things, man. Where it just I think it is so cool, and it's just so much fun. How much, or it's just bring, we bring people together, and it's just super yeah. enjoyable, and we all can have a really good time. My favorite is like I always say. Could you imagine like Apple headquarters, they close like a big deal and that like grown men are just going around the room, hugging, crying, slapping each other on the ass. Like, no. Meanwhile, on Sunday, you know, these guys are headbutting each yep. other in celebration. They're, they're loving each other and the fans, it's the same way. Um, it, it really, sports bring out a crazy emotion, which is, I think if you look at it in the right way, it's a positive. There's Absolutely. Obviously the negatives to it. Eagles fans. Um, why the fan be, yeah, Eagles. I couldn't even wear. Uh, so I did a video blog for my first time ever. Uh, and I went to Eagles Cowboys, which was essentially for the division mm-hmm. in Philly with Abe. And the whole thing was I was going to root for the Cowboys. And they were like, you can't wear a Dak jersey because if you like Eagles fans, will they will throw shit at you. You will and be it assaulted. Will not be safe. Right, right. So in that term and sense, yes, that's not the greatest. But overall, sports, I mean, you see the video, the feel goods on, on – if you saw – did you see the DK Metcalf draft video today? No. So someone resurfaced the phone call when DK gets oh, drafted. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Pete Carroll started – and he's just – like this is a, a guy who would literally crush your head with his hand, and he is weeping, sobbing. And it's just like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Awesome. literally his dreams came true um and yeah shout yeah. out to dk metcalf uh drafted after jj i think a white side so just want to <laughs> throw that let's turn that knife a little bit more jack let's turn it more um so man this has been an absolute blast i mean being a creator being creative um an influencer in every sense of the word even though we both turns out we both hate it um what advice do you have for other kids adults someone like myself i mean I consider this a creative platform, being, being able to talk to people and ask questions. I learn best through talking, so that's where this is, this is my creative outlet, and I get to have a blast doing it. I mean, what advice do you have for other creatives who are either starting out or are hitting that wall that you've talked about a couple of times on some of these platforms? Like, what would you say to them to make sure that, I mean, power through it, but like, how, how have you gone about it, and what advice could you give some of them? I think Nike kind of got it right when they said, just do it. Um, I have just by doing, um, I started a podcast. What the hell did I know about podcasts? I didn't know about a mic. I didn't know about how to even turn, like how to hook it up to my computer and make sure it was going into the mic and not the computer settings. I learned about customer support when I was building a merchandise business. I learned about every single social media platform. I learned sales, business development, all that stuff. Um, I just did the video blog for the first time. I had no clue what I was doing. I asked people questions. I go on YouTube. I learned myself and I went and did it. Was it perfect? Obviously not. Um, But now I have a video blog, which is, you know, vlog is kind of cool. It was funny, like seeing 2000 people wanted to see, you know, how my experience was in Philly. So literally just go and do it. People are always like, can you give me a shout out? Or how'd you get started? And I'm like, just go start. Like if you start, you're going to realize whether or not you can do this thing. And nine times out of 10, you will be able to, you got to put in the work. There's no doubt about that. Uh, money also helps with that. I, I wish I could kind of, you know, orchestrate that and, and social media is free, but it's the furthest thing from free. And I think that's a big problem in the social media industry is like, that's why people are underpaid. It's like, dude, you're just tweeting. Like it's free. Okay. But it's to grow 
oh, it's not TikTok right now. You, you cannot genuinely grow. You have to have a bigger platform, a company, paid media, et cetera. So there's no doubt, like I put money into this. I invested in it the same way I would invest in real estate. Um, and it's just, it's a different return. So my advice though, is like, just go and do it. You did it. You're now, I mean, we're talking on this because you just did it. You, this would never happen if you don't do it. It opens doors. So just go and do it. Do it. And I, I love it. And uh, it turns out, I mean, this is my second podcast. I have another one where I talk to Olympic athletes and I've had done over 150 of those and it's a blast. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to, I mean, if I wanted to do something, uh, what is it? You're not, you're not going to get hired at ESPN talking to a microphone if you aren't already talking into a microphone, right? That's not how it works. They don't hire you and then say, okay, well, let's teach you. It's like, no, 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 you should have been doing this for five years already. And then we'll allow you to use our platform. That's kind of the way you have to think about it. Um, Whistle, and one question, Whistle lets me do a video show. And the first episode, first of all, they turn the lights on. It's my first time on camera. I'm sweating. Not because I'm nervous because there's these bright lights yep. shining on me. I'm like, okay. They're like, here, you just dab here. It's easy. And then they're, uh, you know, I can tend to be monotone. I can be relaxed. Um, and they're like, okay, you need to like really get into it because on camera, it's going to sound different. So the first four episodes, I'm actually shouting and it sounds terrible. My best friend is commenting, bro, why are you talking on caps lock? Like it is brutal, but you know, eight episodes in it has kind of come together and, but it's just a learning experience. And exactly. How would I know how to do that without actually just going to do it? So. Just got to go and do it. Um, and then I guess just one follow-up to that is especially, again, when a lot of people want to do something and then they, they hit that plateau and then they don't see the numbers that they want to see. And then they get this super amount of self-doubt and just say, well, clearly it's not working. It's like, well, no, you actually did like 10 episodes. Yeah. What, what would advice be? I mean, they did it. Let's say that person already started doing it. What would the, the advice then be when they came back to you in three months and said, Jack, it's not working? Uh, you got to ask because there's bigger people. And I think, uh, Vine and TikTok really, they do an incredible job of like, and YouTube and gamers do this. And even the big guys, they're not, um, you know, they're not selfish and they understand they came from a little, so they'll actually help them out. They'll collaborate, but you need to come with a collaborative idea. I'm not, if someone comes to me and says, yo, can you shout out my, my new sports channel? I just started a month ago. Why? Like, why would I do that? How does that help me? If you come with an idea of like, yo, let's do this funny skit outside of Raven Stadium this weekend. I just started a channel. I would love to do it. I don't care if you have two followers. I'll, of course, I'll, I'll shout you out and give you credit and help you grow. So go ask someone bigger for help, um, but ask them and offer something. Bring some value to mm -hmm. it. Uh, it doesn't have to be money. Um, and even like, 200 if someone has 200 followers and you have 100 you can go gain 10 from them mm -hmm. and then you can gain 10, 10 from another and then it really snowballs you just got to hit that mark and then um it kind of will turn keep that train rolling on the tracks yeah. man jack this was awesome i think i pretty much ran through all my questions it's um, pretty much my whole life because yeah. it's been short life well, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty impressive so far. I mean, I let's go Ravens, baby goat. Uh, please send me all that information. Oh, where else can we find you online if you want to give us some handles? Where else? Uh, at Jack Settleman on Instagram and Twitter, um, at Real Underscore Sports. I'll leave you with this, the funny story about Real Sports. So, I, I mean, we talked about it since day one. I've been a diehard sports fan, sports business fan. So I knew about real sports. So people always ask me, why would you name it that if you knew that could become a problem? It just totally went over my head. I was like, I want to record and post real sports, behind the scenes stuff, cool opportunities at Texas. So I was like, oh, I'll call it real sports. And then everyone's like, you're an idiot. So I go to dinner about four months ago in New York and I'm sitting at the bar with my uncle and he goes, Oh, there's Brian Gumbel. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I feel like, like, I don't want to really be on their radar in that sense, but like, I should just tell him that it's pretty funny that this whole thing happened. So I'm like, whatever, I'll, maybe I'll do it later. I go downstairs and I'm like looking around. I don't see him. I go to the bathroom and you ask about always being on. So I'm going to the bathroom. I'm posting something because I don't want to post during dinner. And I like look up real quickly and it was Manny Machado. 
So I was like, oh, I would have loved to really talk to either one of them, but it was just a crazy little thing um, that kind of encapsulates everything that I've been working on, especially being a Baltimore guy. Machado was yeah. you know, the great Oriole in my lifetime. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, first off, where where do you go to dinner, man? <laughs> That's a good question because I think that was the first time I've eaten at a restaurant in New York in the two years and four summers I've been here with a famous person. And there were two of them in the same meal, which is pretty crazy. No such thing as a coincidence. That's all <laughs> I want to say. No such thing as a coincidence. Well, awesome, man. Jack Settleman, one more time, Snapback Sports. Uh, check out both his podcasts, all his Instagrams and his Snapchats, his Twitters, everything. You got some cool stuff rolling, Jack. Really appreciate your time today, man. I appreciate you having me on. This was fun. I see why you like to do this. Yeah, dude, it's a blast. I just get to talk to cool people, ask a bunch of questions, be more interested than interesting. Hopefully I can provide some value to you and we can be friends forever, Jack. Friends forever. I'll never let go. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of For the Love of Sports. Um, on a personal note, I would really like to say thank you and and sincerely, sincerely mean that. This is the actual favorite thing that I get to do. Just talk to incredible people, have great conversations, and I learn and hopefully you're learning something and hopefully we can laugh along the way. So if you could please give this a five-star review, if you could please share this Um subscribe to it do whatever you have to do the more people that do that the more these stories and these conversations get out and i'm really hoping that one day um one day soon this will be something that i get to do as a full-time job um, on top of my other full-time job of course but this is an absolute blast sincerely appreciate it check the show notes for all social media handles anything that came from the episode we'll have everything down there and i hope you really did enjoy it so if there's anything i can do better please make sure to reach out uh, my email address michael period one at gmail please make sure to check me out on linkedin uh, on instagram and and just reach out because i'm willing to answer any questions and hey if you got a cool story i'd love to have you on as well so thank you so much sincerely appreciate it and i hope you make it a wonderful day